following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. Let's just pray real quick. Let's God to bless this time. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus our King. We ask for the, the presence of your Holy Spirit here to uh, open our minds and our hearts to whatever it is that you have for us to learn this morning. And, uh, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is, um, today I'd like to talk about something uh, most of us don't think about all that much, uh, things in our lives that are both sinful and good that God has devoted for destruction. Um, I know it sounds a, a bit foreign to some of us because when we think of, of something being devoted, we think of things that are faithfully kept and not destroyed. Um, but God in His perfect uh, perfection, destroy, He destroys things out of love. Um, and that being said, I'll, I'll tell you how my message, this message came about. Because usually I'm not, I'm not a preacher. I just give you a message that God's given me. Usually, um, I, was, I was talking to the Lord and uh, at work, and talking about the next steps uh, in the life of our church in our own life, uh, in our own lives. And the Lord just kept bringing to mind the sin of Achan, which is a story in the Old Testament. Um, and I'm going to give you a little background about. Happening before um, the sin of Achan. Um, at this point, Joshua has become the Israel, or the, and they have just destroyed Jericho without pulling a sword, without firing a shot of an arrow. All they did was march. They did. A, they they won the battle through. Um, I'm sorry. Bookmarks fell out. Forgive me for this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, here it is. Okay, so so Joshua has just destroyed Jericho. Um, somebody within the tribes of Israel has kept things that God devoted for destruction. They're supposed to kill everything, everything alive, take nothing with them from Jericho. Everything was to be left where it was. And so one of the people kept something back. Joshua didn't know it. God knew it, obviously. Um, so next on the list is Ai. They move on to this, this small city of Ai. Um, they send spies, and the spies said, don't send the whole army because they're not very big, and two or 3,000 guys will, will do it. We'll go up, we'll take the city. Um, they go up, and they are routed by Ai. And Joshua does not know what to do. He hasn't faced this before. Um, he didn't understand what was happening. Um, so basically, uh, at this point, God is, is teaching them that obedience is what wins wars. Um, so let's go to Joshua 7, 10 through 26.
the Lord said to Joshua, Get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned. They have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. They have taken some of the devoted things. They have stolen and lied and put, and put them among their own belongings. Therefore, the people of Israel cannot stand before their enemies. They turn their backs before their enemies because they have become devoted for destruction. I will be with you no more unless you destroy the devoted things from among you. Get up. Concentrate the people and say, Consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. For tomorrow, for thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, There are devoted things in your midst, O Israel. You cannot stand before your enemies until you have taken away the devoted things from among you. In the morning, therefore, you shall be brought near by your tribes, and the tribe that the Lord takes by, uh, by lot shall come near by clans. And the, and the clans that the Lord takes shall come near by households, and the households that the Lord takes shall come near by man. And he who is taken with the devoted things shall be burned with fire, and all that he has because, of his, because he has transgressed the covenant of the Lord, and because he has done an outrageous thing in Israel. So Joshua rose early in the morning and brought Israel, and brought Israel near tribe by tribe, tribe of, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And he brought near the clans of Judah and the clans of the Zarephite and the clans of the Zarephites was taken. And he brought near the clan of the Zarephites man by man and Zabdi was taken. Then he brought near the household, his household man by man and Achan the son of Carmi son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was taken. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord of Israel and give praise to him and tell me, and tell me now what you have done. Do not hide it from me. And Achan answered Joshua, Truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And this is what I did. When I saw among the spoils, among the spoil a beautiful cloak from Shinar, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a bar of, of gold weighing fifty shekels. Then I coveted them, and I took them. And see what they and, and they are and see they are hidden in the earth inside my tent with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent. And behold it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. And they took and they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to the people of Israel. And they laid them down before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel took with him, it took with him Achan and the, the son of Zerah and the silver and the cloak and the bar of gold and his sons and daughters and his oxen and donkeys and sheep and his tent and all that he had and brought them up to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. And Israel stoned him with stones and they burned them with fire and stone them with stones. And they raised and they raised over him a great heap of stones that remain to this day. Then the Lord turned from his burning anger, and therefore to this day the name of the place is called the Valley of Achor. So this sounds a little harsh, right? You know, this isn't something we're used to hearing a lot of times in church. Um but we're going to focus on a few of the, the, the precepts in it, not necessarily the details. Um, so, uh, this was Joshua's first loss, and he's not quite sure what happened. He's been over this. So he does the right thing, and he turns to God. 
And he laments before him. And he asks for an answer. He says, what will you do for your great name? And God answers in a bit of a surprising way. You know, we always expect uh, God to... uh, We expect a gentle speech from God. But he's actually quite assertive in this part. And the Lord says, get up. Why have you fallen on your face? Israel has sinned and they have transgressed my covenant that I commanded them. In the first thing God, so in the first thing God expects when dealing with something hidden is action. You cannot deal with either sin or something God wants to change in our lives without facing it. You can, you can think of Joshua calling forth the tribes and questioning them the same as self-evaluation when guided by the Holy Spirit and the truth of God's Word. This is something we all must do as individuals in God's kingdom and as a local church as well and as well the universal church Christ's church how can we allow God to destroy the devoted things if we ourselves aren't even sure what they are in our own lives this is a truth that we all know but many times we all choose to ignore it our own spiritual peril the things we find hidden can oftentimes be things that we may think of Um, hidden or things that we purposely hide can oftentimes be things that we may think of as benign, harmless, or even beneficial. Plain sin is easy to see, but things like philosophies, jobs, wealth, even at times relationships we may not not realize are destructive, are well camouflaged by our flesh and the devil. So Achan's sin was not due to struggle with, with sin, but acceptance. Every man on that field at Jericho struggled with what God had commanded, with what God had commanded to differing degrees, I'm sure. The problem is Achan didn't struggle. He just didn't trust God enough to let his need die. You see, in that time, warriors were not paid. They took plunder from the enemies as payment. So Achan didn't believe God, didn't believe God had something better planned if he was obedient to the command that he had given. To give something to God for destruction means believing something better, albeit different, will take its place. This must happen if we are to grow in Christ as a church and as individuals. Then Joshua deals with the sin by exposing it. He publicly calls out Achan and he is basically forced to confess the transgression before the people. And I wrote here, before anyone gets nervous, the exposing of the sin is what we need to focus on, not going out. No one's going to be dragged out in front. And <laughs> um, and, I, and I also have a side note here. Um, this is this is just thinking, and God, and we know the character of God, and the, and we see how God deals with confession and sin in the Old and New Testament. And uh, I have written: Do you think Achan would have been destroyed if he had voluntarily confessed his sin, if he had gone forward before all this had to happen and said, "Lord, 
I've sinned against you and I've sinned against Israel. How many times in the Old Testament do we see that and God actually forgives the sin? There's, there's mercy given. Um, so that's something we have to think about. You know, that don't get to the point where um, we're called out on sin because we're caught in the sin. Just confess beforehand. It's, it's easier. <laughs> it's easier on you. It's easier on the people around you. And there's, there's tremendous amounts of grace given for that. Um, we can expose it by confessing to the Lord Jesus and each other. The most important thing is confessing and giving over our sin or the thing that he has chosen to destroy to the Lord himself. But I would encourage you to talk to a trusted friend or even if God is calling you to all of our family here. Um, and if you ever, if anyone ever wanted to do that, you'll find no condemnation. Not in me. Not, and hopefully not in anyone else. Um, and if you do, they'll have to, uh, they'll have to take that up with the Lord. So, it's, <laughs> they could go to God's uh, complaints department. So, um, so however, so however this looks between you and God, just give with Him what already belongs to Him. If He's telling you to get rid of anything in your life. It doesn't have to be a sin. It can be the thing that you love the most. Get rid of it if you can. Ask for help to get rid of it. The Lord will help you. We'll all help you. Um, I know that I struggle with a lot of things that I've buried under my own tent. I have to ask for help all the time. And there's still things under there that um, haven't been dealt with. So when when I'm reading this, this is more for me than it is for anyone else. Sin are things that we hold on to become stronger and more rooted as time goes by. Joshua deals with all this sin in one day. You see, he, he understood that this was like an infection. And if he didn't listen to God and do what the great physician had prescribed, it would quickly spread. This is, a, this is a spiritual truth that runs through the Scripture. What happens to one of us, or what one of us hides under his tent, affects all of us. We are bound together by God's Spirit. And if one part of the body is weakened, the whole thing doesn't work properly. Remember, this doesn't mean struggling. Struggling is good. It means we are fighting for God. Acceptance or keeping back what is God's blatantly is what we need to deal with in our own lives and as a church. And if we want to keep growing in a healthy, godly way, we need to deal with these things as a church, as individuals, as the church, all over the world. Not, not man's way that looks good for a bit and then dies. And I have an example here. I want to show you guys something. There's a tree that I worked on a little while ago. That tree, about ten years ago, was full. It had a full crown. It was. It had full foliage. Now it's weakened. Uh, there's only foliage out at the tips. This is. This tree has dead branches in it. 
it's one-sided. It's showing all, all, the, uh, all the effects of a, of a stressed tree. And I was looking at it, and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And so you see the air compressor there. I have a tool called an air spade, so I can blast out the bottom of the, the tree and check the roots. So, and that's what I found. And for some, most people, it may not mean anything, but what's happened is, because 10 years ago, there are certain roots in this tree that weren't pruned out, they should have been cut out and removed. Now those roots have started to kill the tree itself. And that's kind of the idea of burying things under your tent. If you don't get rid of them, this is what it turns into. It chokes you, it kills you. It kills you spiritually. Um, because if you think about it, um, are roots bad? No. Roots aren't bad. This is what keeps the tree alive, right? But the one that doesn't belong can become a danger. It can become the very, the very things that they are nourishing. can become a danger to the very things that they are nourishing. This is the same in our lives and in church. Um, We all have these roots. And some of them have been cut out. Some of them in the process of being cut out. And some of them are starting to strangle us. The problem is, if you don't cut the root out, eventually it becomes part of the tree. And it continues to kill the tree until the tree is destroyed in its stead. And I'm using that as an example so that we don't go down the road of having those roots intact. We need to get rid of them before they become part of who we are. And it starts to destroy us. They destroy our spirit. And you may not even know it. These are things that are in our lives that we really have to look at deeply. Um, it can be, and it can be really hard. It's very painful at times to do this. Um, so, so, let it go. Get it, get it out becomes, become, before it becomes deadly to your soul. Confess it. Talk to a friend. Talk to your pastor. Do something to get rid of these things in your life. We don't. We don't usually do it. I don't. There are things that I, I've got in my back pocket that I've, I've had there for a long time. And, I, and lately God has been saying, no, I'm not going to move you any further until you get rid of it. Um, so. So. Now let's go back to the scripture. And we're going to read the end of this story. So, we go to Joshua 8, and I'm just going to read 1 and 2. And you're going to see the irony of the whole story here. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise and go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. And you shall do to Ai as you did to the king of Jericho and its, king, and its kings. This is the part that we have to remember. Only its spoil and its livestock shall you take plunder for yourselves. Now lay an ambush against the city. So basically, if Achan had waited, he would have gotten what he wanted. He would have, God had this planned out. He had it all well in hand. Achan didn't believe him, though. Achan didn't saw all that gold, all that plunder, 
all that, all those things he thought were going to be good for him and his family, hit him under his tent instead of just waiting when God had already promised a new world. He, he, I'm going to give you a country. I'm going to give you a place where everything's already in place. You guys are not going to have to work all that hard, actually. You're just going to have to farm it. It's already, it's everything's in place. Um, so if we, if Achan had just believed God and had been obedient to the better thing that was coming, um, he would have been blessed. And many times we just we don't give God a chance to bless us. We we jump ahead. We make our own plans. We panic. We um, we're afraid to, to to give up the reins. And, uh, and then we then basically ends up being buried under our tents. So to all of us, I say let's release what we need to and spend some time cleaning out under our tents. We all need to do that. I need to do that. Churches need we as a church need to do that. Um, and just remember, Jesus will deal with all these things in His time, and will deal with He will deal with the strength, the sin strongly, but with you gently, with grace and with love. Jesus doesn't change. God's, we're not going to be brought out and stoned. This is just an example of things that are hidden that we need to get rid of. Um, Things that will strangle us over time, just like this tree that I showed you. And they can be good and bad. Things that appear really, really good can actually strangle us over time. Um, And not because they're bad, but because God said to get rid of it. Just like a root. It's not bad. It's not supposed to be there. Not supposed that one was not supposed to be there. But God will deal with you gently with grace and love. And please don't leave feeling uh, any shame about anything hidden, but be encouraged that we have a God that loves us enough to help us lovingly through these things. And I I, I had a, l- a little story that uh, a friend of mine a few years ago went through this. Um, he worked for a town, and he, he had a very good job, loved it, loved his life, loved what was happening in his life. And then he started to open up to God more. And he and I both did at time. We were both learning about the Holy Spirit. Um, and an election came up for him to keep his position in the town. It seemed like a no-brainer. He was going to win. He'd always won before. Everyone was happy with his work. No problem. And uh, the next day, I called him to congratulate him because I figured, oh, he won. And he didn't. (laughs) God had stripped it from him. God took it away from him. Um, And that's how quickly it can happen. But after a mourning process, he accepted it. And he moved, and he asked God, "What do you want me to do next?" And he had a good, he had a great, his attitude was good. And God has been doing a lot of great things in his life, changing the way he sees things. He's now he's working with kids. He's doing things very differently than what he had done before. And I bring that up just because it's a really good example of how quickly God can change it. Just find a mourn it, 
you know, we all mourn things that we have to get rid of. And if God told me tomorrow, Craig, I don't want you fishing anymore because it takes up too much of your time, I would, there would be some tears shed. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, But it's the idea that he accepted it and he moved on and now God's doing amazing things in his life, changing changing lots of things. But they're all good. They're all for the better. We just have to have patience and wait for those better things to come. So thank you for listening to me and bearing with me for a few minutes. But uh, we'll just pray real quick and and then uh, we'll come up and do some music. Oh, Lord, we ask you please to help us to clean under our tents. Get rid of the things in our lives that don't belong there. Things that have been there for a long time or things that have just been exposed to us, Lord. So we ask you for your, your blessing as we're doing this. And we ask for the help of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'd like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890.